Welcome to the Cutaways Podcast. I'm Justine. And I'm Ashley. And I sound way more refreshed than I did last time. Yeah, you do. You don't sound dead. I, I am not dead anymore. Thanks. I mean, that movie really did, you know. Yeah. Made us dead inside. Yeah. And it was the holiday season, which we're not going to talk about anymore. Nope. nope. Done. 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 Bye, Christmas. Bye. Fuck <sighs> you, Christmas. You bullshit. <laughs> the worst holiday travel that's the worst getting the flu right ashley yes sam got it on christmas day and then i got it two days later yay well welcome to our podcast listeners old and new (laughs) we're here to talk about romantic comedies in chronological order and we're in 2018 guys yeah yeah it's the new year it's the new year happy Happy new New year oh we did that in the <laughs> That was adorable. We both sounded kind of sad, too. We did. <laughs> well, I mean, 2017 was shit. We're like, viva la revolution. Viva, viva la, yeah. Viva la resistance. Viva la resistance. Yeah, so we're here in our blanket fort in Hollywood, California. Sunny Hollywood, California. No, nah, it's, it's winter in LA, so it means clouds. It's sunny. Uh, it was foggy. Earlier. It was foggy yesterday, too. That was scary. It was like... I didn't go outside yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I went out yesterday morning. So we got back late on Friday night. Or was it Thursday night? Who knows what days are? Who knows what now days? Now that I don't have to work Saturdays, I'm like... A whole new world. <laughs> A new fantastic point of view. Let's get to it, Ashley. Yes, okay. So Justine's very excited. Yeah. Why she's she's yes. not she's done with the tangents, guys. Done. She's fucking done. <laughs> Twenty eighteen, I'm fucking done. <laughs> she's not putting up with this shit anymore. Mm-mm. Today we are watching two thousands high fidelity. Finally. <laughs> yes. She's far more excited in person. You need like here, I'll record a video. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, boo, 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 boo. But anyway, high fidelity. The description on DVD.com is, when record store owner Rob Gordon gets dumped by his girlfriend, Laura, because he hasn't changed since they met, he visits his top five breakups of all time in an attempt to figure out what went wrong that was all one sentence <laughs> thanks dvd.com for the sentences as you oh my there's so many commas like just end it it's really not that hard <laughs> i i have no idea dvd.com i have questions i'm writing a letter okay this movie stars john cusack john cusack <laughs> You know, the person that Justine has the PhD in. Yeah. (laughs) I love saying that, just so you know. Mm -hmm. We also saw him in 16 Candles, Say Anything, and Gross Point Blank. This also stars Ibn Hijali? Hijali? I don't know. It's it's Danish. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to the Danes. I don't know how to say that. It's H-J-E-J-L-E. Yep. Hijal. Hijal. (laughs) <laughs> Ikea. <laughs> that's Swedish. Oh, that's Swedish. My bad. Um, uh. Someone tell me how to say this name. Uh, yeah. Uh, it also stars Todd Luiso, 
who we saw in Jerry Maguire. Yeah, he played the the man nanny in Jerry Maguire. The man nanny? Yeah, remember? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, it was directed by Stephen Frears. Uh-huh. Friars? Frears of Friers. Harry Potter fame. Oh, yes, 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 yes. It was edited by Mick Oddsley. Mm-hmm. The uh, first assistant editor was Mags Arnold. The first assistant editor was also Kate Higgum, who we had previously seen her work in Shakespeare in Love. She was the additional first assistant editor. The assistant editor was Penny Lee Hallen, who we saw her work in My Best Friend's Wedding. She was the second assistant editor in that. And the non-linear assistant editor was Dan Shalek. Which should we explain what non-linear means? Mm. So today we work in non-linear systems, which mm-hmm. is a non-linear editor, mm-hmm. which means we can go to any point in time mm-hmm. without having to go there in the order that it was shot, shot in. Yes. So it's like working with a VCR. You don't have to like fast forward. No. You can just clicky mm-hmm. in the timeline. In the Avids. Uh, the second assistant editor in the UK was Victoria Stevens. The apprentice editor was Jennifer Stalma. The editor trainee was Sanji Clark. The other editor trainee was Gerald Morris. This is a big uh, UK. This is a big post team. Post team. Stephen Frears. You've, you've seen him do a lot of things recently. Most recent, Victoria and Abdul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lots of came out. Yeah, I believe he did uh, Florence Foster Jenkins with uh, Meryl. Mm-hmm. That was a good one. That was a good one. That was funny. Yeah, the movie is rated R for language and some sexuality. Yay! <laughs> it's an hour and fifty three minutes long, and it's rated three point five stars on DVD.com, a Netflix company. The Netflix company. Either way, it's Netflix. Mm-hmm. It's like Disney; they own everything now, yeah. even Fox. <laughs> At the 2001 Golden Globe Awards, which are tonight. Right. Not the 2001 <laughs> Not ones. the 2001 ones. But the Golden Globes are tonight. Mm-hmm. Amanda is probably, like, super excited. Yeah. At the Golden Globe Awards, it was nominated for Best Actor in a Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy. And you know what? It's the exact same category from the last movie we watched, What Women Want. I did not have to change it at all. Huh. Who did he lose to? I don't know. I didn't look it up. I'm a terrible researcher. George Clooney won for Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Oh, yes. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So this kicks off our month of January. Oh, yeah. It's January, guys. <laughs> I mean, Hi. it's the, it's in between f- January and February, but whatever. It's It still counts. It's a month of January. We fucked up. We didn't fuck up. We the just- patriarchy fucked up. Oh, yeah. But they're always fucking up. Yeah. Whatever. We do what we want. It's our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you. Not you, but fuck you. (laughs) Yeah. We love our listeners. We do. Yeah. Don't. We don't. I mean, no, I can't. I'm married. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Justine can, though. (laughs) If there's consent. If there's consent, <laughs> consent is key. Uh, let's go watch it. Okay, let's go. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> <laughs>
Justine. Ashley. What are your top five records? Ah! <laughs> Go. Oh, God. <laughs> I've, been, not, I've been waiting. I'm not prepared. <laughs> Green Day, Kerplunk. <laughs> the um, whole album is um, just the top five. It's a record. A record. Uh, Beatles, help. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, uh, Radiohead, OK Computer. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, God. Hamilton (laughs) (laughs) shouting out music now what are your top five favorite records um Ludo self-titled album Broken Bride by Ludo (laughs) is it all Ludo no um Motion City soundtrack self-titled album I think is what it is I don't see. I don't. It's hard. It's hard. I don't remember their names, like album names. I remember all the songs. Yeah, there's a lot. I don't know. Even if it kills me, that's the one I'm thinking of. I love that that album. Commit this to memory is also up there, so we'll just do that. Motion City soundtrack and Ludo. Do I have one more? Mm. I have one more too. Probably Hamilton. Hamilton. (laughs) All Ludo. All Motion City. All Hamilton. God, I want to think of a really good one. I'm also not a music nerd. At least, especially not like those guys. Pet sounds. Pet sounds? Pet sounds. Beach Boys. Okay. That's what I'm going to go with for now. Who knows? It changes every day. If you know me, whatever. You know? Yeah, yeah. It just it changes with your mood. Yeah. Um, Coheed and Cambria and Keeping Secrets of Silent Earth 3. That's a good album. What's the one, what's the Breaking Benjamin album that I'm thinking of? Like an AFI Sing the Sorrow. Oh, that's a perfect album. I'm showing my Midwestern roots, (laughs) mostly. Um, um, Phobia, that's the one. That and Linkin Park. Ooh, Linkin Park. Oh, I could go through, see, I have a lot of anger in me, if you haven't noticed. You're angry. angry. Angry butterfly. Yeah, you notice a little bit. So I like kind of getting into that hard stuff. And then I have the light stuff, which is pretty much my favorite, which is kind of like pop punky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, you know me, I've got like musicals, like West Side Story, mm-hmm. Into the Woods. <laughs> I have those too. Like, I have the entirety of uh, Singing in the Rain soundtrack on mm-hmm. my phone. Felt like it was appropriate to start this this, <laughs> this review off with music. <laughs> yeah, Totally. Although the nerds in this movie probably would hate us. Whatever. I mean, all that nerdy stuff then, like, that's back in 2000. It's, like, so, like, hipster pastiche now. They're like, oh, Belle and Sebastian, you know? Like, who doesn't fucking like Belle and Sebastian, you know? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm the music (laughs) hipster. Yes. (laughs) You are. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I understand this, like from a a nerd point of view like this to me is like comic-con nerds Mm -hmm. like that's how i associate these these men Mm -hmm. in this movie i'm gonna give a shout out to one of my best friends nick who is definitely going to listen to this episode (laughs) hi nick you know nick he loves this movie we were best friends in high school. We kind of told us to watch it repeatedly. Yes, for we, years. Yes, <laughs> for this, years. This isn't even just like a one-off occurrence. This has been years of Facebook. Yes, <laughs> this is for you, Nick. We're, we're, I'm going to talk about you a lot now. Here we go. This is this is Nick's story. <laughs> Nick calls himself 
Rob Gordon. Like he's like, I am this guy. And yeah, this this yeah. When we were in high school, we made each other Monday morning mixes, and they were themed, and they had the rules. Like when Rob talks about the end of the rules, I still follow those rules making my mixes. Like start off with a high energy song and then just bring it up a notch and bring it down a notch like it's just the whole like the ebb and flow of the of a mix it makes a good mix you know and so yeah a little bit we worship this movie a little bit you know <laughs> but we have grown up we have you know this... you're not stuck like him right because that's my main question yes like did he grow up did he change yeah he like made an album mm-hmm. but he still, at the end, was flirting with that girl. Yeah. Still I think looking he, for a way out. He got past that. That the, At the very end, he said, you know, he realized that he never fully committed. You know, there's always going to be girls. You know, there's always going to be people. But just, like, to really commit and start thinking about the other person and planning for your future. You get that at the very, very end. Yeah, I guess. That's just, like, my biggest question is, one, why did she go back to him? Mm-hmm. Because I wouldn't. If it was me, if I was Laura, I know. Too many years, too much spilled milk. I'm done crying over it. I don't know. It's hard. Breakups are hard. I love this movie as a breakup movie. Like we're watching this, I'm like, oh yeah, it's a breakup movie. It totally yeah. It's like breakup romantic comedy. It's like a reverse romantic comedy. Yeah, it's just been in my life for a long time, and I love it. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that. I'm like, I'm processing for the mm-hmm. first time. Yeah process it i'd love to hear all of your opinions and and give me that new perspective it's definitely a dude movie the whole point of the movie is you know you're processing the breakup through his point of view not through anybody else's and and i mean he's definitely he's the one who's talking directly to you so Mm -hmm. we're it's would you call him a reliable narrator no not so much i mean but like to me that makes him like real like, he's no. a flawed human being. Oh, he's a dick. Yeah. I don't know. And I feel like that makes him relatable. Because yeah. we all do that shit where we say one thing and do the other and it's not great, you know? Yeah. Try really hard not to. Yeah, we all try to be good, perfect human beings. But we're human. Human. We are not the robots that yeah. you know of. And if people like the movie and haven't read the book, you should read the book. Because it is just like it, except... You know, it's a book, so it has more. Yeah. I feel like it is a voice of Nick Hornby because, you know, he's written other books for, like, music critique, like, songbook. Um, and he, he knows his shit, and he just writes about music. Um, if you like this, you should also read Rob Sheffield's stuff, which is great. And he used to write for Rolling Stone. Um, Love is a Mixtape. It's my favorite book. <laughs> this high fidelity. I'm like, oh, man, I, like, read, I read music books. Like, I just intake the culture i do it's mm-hmm. just that's this this well, is it's me. a product of of you know that that was your life like yeah. music was your life and well it still is your life and you know that touches on on every aspect of music you don't just stick in with the one specific genre kind of like they do mm-hmm. so music really wasn't my life mostly because i got annoyed with music <laughs> <laughs> what well okay so i grew up in the midwest mm-hmm 
and not a huge music scene there. It's more no. my brother's thing. My brother is definitely the music nerd of our family. I mean, there's a huge music scene like in Chicago. Yes, but not in St. Louis. Well, mm-hmm. there is now. There is now. Yeah, it was a different a different time. Yeah. Um, I did like a lot of local bands. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and I also kind of liked a lot of the, the, the stuff that was going on in St. Louis, like the angry... You know, you're an angry teenager, and a lot of the music in the Midwest still perpetuates angry teenagers because no one ever grows up. Mm-hmm. No offense to anybody in the Midwest. You just... You... Yeah, don't offend Jimmy. No, I love Jimmy. <laughs> there is no offense to, like, taken. It's like... But that's still that high school mentality mm-hmm. is very big in small towns. Because of the cliques, like, I stay... I, I, I liked my Converse shoes... I liked wearing black sometimes. Oh, little emo Ashley. Yeah, but I didn't really have like a huge emo fit. Like it was black for like a week. And then I was like, no, I really, I want bright colors. Mm-hmm. Like I loved, I had these Converse, but I wanted like the light blue and I had these purple ones. I had these really cool ones that I had for um, my first prom, which were, they were blue and green, but they were like velvet. Mm. I wish I still had them. But it, I was like that, like that kind of pop punk hipster kind of girl. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's very, it's drastically different than music. You know the music scene kids in high school. Yeah. I was not one of them. I was friends with them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If people don't know, growing up in my family, my dad is, was a musician forever and ever and ever. So just waking up is just always music all the time. Like that's how they would... Wake up Saturday mornings, I would wake up to the Ramones, you know, <laughs> like, and it's just this is a part of my existence, waking up to the Beatles, waking up to, I don't know, whatever. And then, yeah, in high school, a lot of my friends were in bands and a lot of, and a few bands even formed in, in, in our basement at my house. And there's still local bands that I listen to from New England. People are still making music. Yeah. Yeah, I just grew up in a, a musical household. And then, yeah, I met Nick the first day of school, in high school. First thing he said to me is, what kind of music do you like? <laughs> I was the kid in fifth grade who someone asked if I liked Linkin Park, and I said, I've never been there before. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. See, we are best friends, but we are different people. We are different people. Aww. You make my music taste better. <laughs> I'll make you a mix. (laughs) I love it. I love connecting with people, like, to music. I mean, like, people, even, like, friends at work, it's just kind of like you put up, like, your flag, you know? It's Mm. like, I like this. I see you like that. So we instantly know things. We have bonds. We have bonds. We know things about each other now. We've been there. Bonds, baby. (laughs) Good old times. So high fidelity. So high fidelity. <laughs> In Chicago. Pew, 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 pew. Did pew. not show enough of Chicago. No, I love that it didn't over. It Like, it was like the neighborhoods. Yeah, that's true. You know, I just wanted to see the lake. I'm a sucker for the lake. Yeah, but it was like, if you know where this is, like, that's yeah. where that is. Like, yeah. it was very... These are all places I've been, like places. Yeah, I've didn't lived. he live in like? Well, they alluded to him living in like uptown. Yeah, he was definitely on uptown. He was on because the it, he was on the red line. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, there is a bit of mistakes when they show him on the purple line and then show the red line going underground. Under the crown, yeah. Right, he was on the purple line, which doesn't go underground. No, 
<laughs> no, but I knew that. I was like, oh, I go that. I went that way yeah. every day to yeah, school. Yeah, because it's right by the Sedgwick mm-hmm. stop right there. Mm-hmm. No, this is not going to be another podcast where we talk about every detail of Chicago. <laughs> like, return to me. This is a good movie. This was not boring. Okay, Rob Gordon, played by John Cusack. Who's an asshole. He's an asshole. He's a flawed character, but I love him. And, you know, it's like I am him, but I'm not him. And I've dated him. Oh, have you ever dated a musician? No. I dated hockey players. That was my type. Okay. (laughs) Sam is the closest thing I've ever gotten to, like, dating a a creative, artistic type. Oh. It was one and done. (laughs) Really? I've been doing uh, musicians and filmmakers for... I don't think I could date another filmmaker. It's tough. Because I just get angry. Like, because you know filmmakers, they have their opinions, and they're very strong opinions. Unless it was like you. I could date you. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let's see. How many musicians have I dated? I don't know. All of them. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> How many do you think that is? Five. Um, Probably more filmmakers than music. I can't remember. My brain is too old and, you know. Because oh, re- you're past 30. Yeah, I'm past 30. <laughs> Who can remember anything? <laughs> Your brain goes. Did you date all of them in Rhode Island? No, only one in Rhode Island. Oh, okay. Because Rhode Island is a very tiny state. That's oh, wait, I- no. Um, two from Rhode Island. <laughs> <laughs> no, Massachusetts. Two from Massachusetts. Um, Who are like best friends. Is that weird? <laughs> a little bit. Are you the reason they're not best friends anymore? No, no, no. We're all friends. Okay. We're all friends. We're still all friends. I don't understand the East Coast because in the Midwest, that would you would die. You should t- have Sam tell you the story. Well, about they it. broke up with me, so oh, <laughs> so maybe they're just in love with each other and they don't know it. No, here's the thing. You know, you know, Rob talks about like the fantasy. You know, this mm-hmm. is a fear of mine. We've talked about this mm-hmm. that I'm like the fantasy. And nobody wants me. Nobody wants to stay with me. Because, mm-hmm. like, once it gets real, it's just like, oh, she's just, like, a regular normal girl. Which I am. I know I've got, like, purple hair or whatever. I've got a podcast. But I'm- you have fears and anxieties and, and normalcy. Yeah. Normal isn't the word I wanted I'm not, to use. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I know I'm not normal. <laughs> no, no, no one is normal. No like, one's normal. That is, like, my thing, okay? I just, I can't. Normal is not the right word. It, it's, but you have... The baseline humanity, yeah, I guess is the better better term, right? And I'm not just like some manic pixie dream girl, dream girl, yeah. Um, although I do fit a lot of the molds. Gonna fix them all. <laughs> you I'll gotta catch, them. you gotta catch them and then fix them all. <laughs> You're like the Pokemon manic pixie dream girl. Yep, manic pixie dream Pokemon. Yeah, I'll watch Wes Anderson movies and and talk about what, whatever hipster bands we're into. Blah, blah, blah. Then I'll wear my knee-high socks and my braided purple hair. In your 50s dress. Yep. Talk about libraries. Yep. And (laughs) library ladders. Oh, no, wait, that's me. (laughs) (laughs) It's an important theme of the movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Getting over your your fear. Mm Mm-hmm. Though I don't know if he's 100% done that. No. I mean, I'd like to see, you know... They get married, you know. I think in the book they end up, it talks about, like, they, they break up again, they get back together again, like, that sort of thing. Or just have a kid so that resolves, like, the weird pregnancy theme of this movie. Oh, right. Yeah, there's a lot of male view of uh, of that sort of stuff. Yeah. That is just like, uh, I don't know if it's because it's, like, dated for being, you know, 
He does seem, like, when he goes through that tangent, he does seem to, like, regret that he said that. Yeah. Because who is he to say what she's allowed to do? Yeah. There's just some weird pregnancy vibe. Like, she seemed like she wanted to keep it, but she did it out of spite. Mm-hmm. Or at least that's the way he describes it. Right. Which is whether, like, that's where I kind of got in the whole, oh, he's not a reliable narrator vibe. Right, you never hear it from Laura's perspective. Yeah. and we need to right. for that. Like, abortion and pregnancy is such a, well, it's obviously a female experience. Um, it's also a male experience. I'm not going to knock it. Me and Sam had this conversation last night about the term we're pregnant. Mm-hmm. I hate it. Mm-hmm. I fucking hate it. It was on TV. We kept, we were watching this Whose Line Is It Anyway marathon on Up TV, which is a weird, strange network that you can't say damn it on. They had this commercial for this new show about, uh, called Expecting. And they had like, there was this one couple that just like, they're like, we're pregnant. And I'm like, you will never say that ever in your life. And we had like an actual discussion about it. Cause he's like, well, I'm, you know, experiencing it with you. I'm like, but you're not pregnant. Uh, yeah. You are not pregnant. You, this is my experience. You're, you know, along for the ride, but you don't have any of the negative, like, aspects of, like, your body falling apart or giving out on you or the burden yeah. and the pain. Like, you can be excited and you can you can be helpful and, and supportive without having to say that you are pregnant, too. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it just goes on, like, kind of masking over women's experience. What do you think of the term we're expecting? That's better. Yeah. A baby is coming. Yeah. It's not, I'm producing a human inside my body. <laughs> yeah. I, I, for, for whatever reason, this movie kind of touched on that with me where I'm like, ooh, like we're glossing over a whole bunch of things here that are really good for discussion mm-hmm. that he's missing the point on. Yeah. So the audience is therefore missing the point on. Well, that's that's Rob. He tends to miss the point on a few yeah. things. Yeah. But I think that's a genuine male experience. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's some things that you like you never go back on or like he's mm-hmm. like his whole like I'm going to talk to all of my ex-girlfriends so that I don't feel guilty anymore because this feels great. Like, yeah, that's... which is what the movie is most known for. Yeah. It's like dragging up the past mm-hmm. just so that you can feel better yeah, and about make everybody your else, present. Make everybody else feel like shit. Yeah. Yeah, not considering other people's feelings is not a great quality. And that that is that is Rob. That's that's his major problem through the whole thing. And like I said, I think he starts to get it at the very, very end. Would you consider it a male comedic trope? Being yeah. like unable to consider anybody else's feelings i mean just a trope in general is that men are dumb yeah like wah, wah, he's just dumb he's a man yeah <laughs> like it's the the biggest excuse it's it's definitely and it's it's a product of toxic masculinity in my opinion mm-hmm. or it perpetuates t- toxic masculinity because then it kind of boys see that and then they like oh well we we just can be dumb yep we just fa- like just pretend to be dumb even though they're really not or we can ab- avoid all of the consequences by just pretending to be dumb. And just be like, I'm a man. I didn't know any better. Yeah. Like, I can't help it. My penis told me to. Or something <laughs> like... like. <laughs> One, why do you have a talking penis? <laughs> questions, Ashley. Questions. I don't. 
My fictional toxic masculine figure does. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. And Let's call him Dave. Dave. <laughs> Dave. <laughs> We're going to talk an hour just not about this movie. <laughs> the movie is a very simple plot, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Okay, yeah. It's the themes that are mm. brought out. Mm-hmm. Because... They make you think. Yeah. And it's interesting the way that it was... way that the story progresses is 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 Rob is telling us the story and he's like having a conversation with us, but we can't have the conversation back. So there's like, there's a lot of things that I want to say to Rob. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you want other people in the movie to say that. Too. Yes. I'm like, why? You, you're like, bring Joan Cusack back. Yeah. I really, there was not enough Joan. Not enough. <laughs> like one scene where she calls him an asshole. And then the whole, the scene at the funeral was fan fucking fantastic. <laughs> That was like my whole, I was there for it. I was like, get him, Joan. You tell your brother, you get him. <laughs> snap, snap, snap. Because we are having a, like, a conversation with Rob, we needed like somebody in the movie to represent the audience to tell him, stop. Mm-hmm. Like, what you're doing is not okay. And it either ne- there either needed to be a best friend figure for him or it needed to be Joan Cusack. Mm, I can see that. Yeah. I don't know. I I really like it the way it is. I don't have like a p- huge problem with it, but it, it to me that would be better. Mm-hmm. Like you were selfish to drag up the past. You were selfish in in what you did and it's okay for you to feel guilty. You're yeah. supposed to. There's a reason for it and you you need to apologize. And and she does do that in an in a w- effort yeah. to to fix it. So it's just yeah. like it could have been just a smidge more. So as Ashley said, Rob addresses camera a the, lot the through whole the whole movie. movie because it's pretty much the book. I mean, it's 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 a book movie. Read the book. <laughs> it's the same thing. Which I like the 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 way that they utilized it to kind of convey the inner monologue. Yeah, because that that's really hard to translate from book to screen, mm-hmm. and it's something that people complain about. Yeah, all the fucking time. Oh yeah, totally. And. While it's not probably exactly like the book, I haven't read the book, but I'm assuming it's not exactly like the book, but there are stretches where it feels like a novel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Laura in the beginning is leaving him. Rob's upset. You know, we learn his thoughts on music and whatnot. We learn what kind of guy he is. Um, and then all of a sudden he comes up with his top five most memorable breakups and Laura does not crack that list. There's... um. Number one, Allison Ashmore. This is in chronological order, his mm-hmm. top five. Number one, Allison Ashmore, his first love, who he kissed uh, two to three times behind the bleachers before she left him for another man. And this is the recurring theme of him always being left, which is the thing he holds on to out of anything that happens. Even when he's not. Right. Penny Hardwick, uh, who was his, his high school love, who was so nice, too nice, wouldn't let uh, him feel her up at all what we would call a prude yeah in today's vernacular even though she's not she's just not ready she's not yet comfortable with her sexuality and that's okay Mm -hmm. but he was a guy he was very guy thinking with his 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 dick his dick three charlie nicholson his college sophomore girlfriend who was very cool very confident very sexy she was a woman you know she's witty she was Great. She was above his level. Yeah, she was out of his league. 
And uh, number four, Sarah, who was, uh, they were both post-breakup, so they just kind of... Clung to one another. Yeah, it was a pathetic relationship, but she still left him. So he owns a record store called Championship Vinyl. He has two workers, Dick and Barry. Dick is very quiet, very, very hipster, and Barry is Jack Black. Literally Jack Black. Yeah. Like every facet of Jack Black and his Jack Blackiness. Mm-hmm. Including Tenacious D. Yeah. So we learn a little bit about the previous girlfriends. We learned how he got to where he is in life. Laura calls Rob up at work, wants to pick up stuff while he's not there. Barry brings up Laura, which sets off Rob, and Rob starts, like, shaking. Shaking Barry. <laughs> Poor Jack Black had, like, shaken baby syndrome from yes. this movie. Uh, Dick, in attempts to... Uh, cheer up rob invites him to a marie de sal show later on that evening so he decides to go there marie de sal is very cool now marie de sal she's the fantasy yes <laughs> she's definitely musician mm-hmm. very cool writes very, her own lyrics mm-hmm. very mysterious they have a lot in common but she, they they all instantly are like whoa i want to date a musician <laughs> yeah She's the manic pixie dream girl of the movie. Yeah. So then, yeah, they end up meeting her, and it's just like, they're all very... They all buy her CD. Yep. So the next day, Rob stays home so that he could see Laura when she gets there to get her stuff, and he's all like, do you still love me? And she's all, well, you're the same person you used to be, and I've changed and grown up, and they fight about that. Jeez, Rob, grow up. Yeah. And he's like, I don't wanna. That's him. I don't wanna. I don't listen to music. I it's, make tapes. I think it's very hard. As someone who listens to music, it is kind of hard to grow up, you know? Yeah. yeah. Because it's like, yeah, I listen to the same shit I listened to in high school and college, and it makes me feel the same way. Do you think that's why people get so angry at bands when they try to change up their sound? That could be, Yeah. They just uh, are taking away your nostalgia. Yeah. Are they are they last Jediing it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which for me, like somebody who's not like delved into, me, I love it when bands change their sound. Like I loved when Lady Gaga decided to like do some country side of things because, mm-hmm. although I hate country music, I thought her she had the ability to like ra- her range on her voice to f- to show that was very important instead of just staying in the dance pop kind of realm. And then, like, when Linkin Park did it, when Yellow Card did it, there was such this huge anger on the internet. Yeah, I get that. I don't know. It's just like you're expecting a certain thing. It's just like when I listened to Thrice, I got the old Thrice, and then, you know, they changed in Visu and started getting experimental. I'm not saying you have to like what Mm -hmm. they're doing. I'm saying, like, just don't be angry at them or or lash out on social no, media no no i don't it. do that yeah i don't do that i'm like, just like what i there's a certain genre of music i'm looking for when i listen to you and now this is not in wah 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 yeah for me it's kind of like oh it's just showing your range it's just showing that there's another side of you t- to this like when Lincoln Park did it, there's this other side of you that's not so angry like there's mm-hmm. this hopeful side to you and i think that that's very important for you, for them as a person, like as people, yeah, to show that there's this other side that they're not just these angry punk boys. Yeah. Well, I would feel like the hardcore music 
Nerds like Dick and Barry would call that selling out. You're trying to make something more radio friendly, trying to please certain other people. But what if they're not? Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Like, a lot of times that is not the case at all. But still, that's what the, the angry lashing out people say. Baffles my mind. Yeah. Like, the music still exists. Like, the music, the past music, the the nostalgia Mm -hmm. still exists. Like, they can't just make the same song over and over and over again. No one would like that. Hell, nobody liked it when the frickin' Force Awakens came out. It was criticized for that. Because it's true. (laughs) It's true, but that didn't take away anything from, like, the movie itself. Right. Right. You still had a new hope. Yeah. So, Rob calls Liz, Joan Cusack, their mutual friend, because she's like, call me, I'm not on anybody's side yet, I'm sorry I want to hear everybody's story. Yeah. And that's when he finds out about Ian. <laughs> what fucking Ian guy? Uh, good stuff. The, the angry toddler mm. Ian rant. Yeah. That was great. And then he figures out Ian, who used to live upstairs, and then just imagines the wonderful, great sex that he is now having with Laura. <laughs> Which was fantastic. Like, those scenes, yeah. the editing on that was great. That was hilarious. So number five used to be Jackie Alden, but nope. Now number five with a bullet, Laura. Because she's having sex with Tim Robbins. Yep. (laughs) So Rob met Laura when he was a DJ. Like he used to do something. He used to DJ at the Double Door. Which is a good gig. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Liz came in to the store and said Ashley's favorite line. You're a fucking asshole. And then walks on out. Yeah. And he says, okay, I'm an asshole because she may have said these things. One of four things. Yeah. Uh, I slept with someone else while she was pregnant, Pregnant. which caused her to terminate the pregnancy. And I also borrowed roughly $4,000 from her and then said that I was... A little, I was unhappy in the relationship and kind of looking for maybe somebody else. What did he need the money for? I don't know. Probably the store. That's what I thought, but that's like never explained. Yeah. So he is a terrible person. I mean, then he defends himself saying like she had the money. She wanted to, she wanted to give it to me. The only thing he doesn't really explain is he slept with someone else. Like, he doesn't even say, like, who. Even then, the money thing is, like, a whole shitty excuse to me. Yeah. Like, that's... People say that all the time, and it's like, well, I wanted to give it to you because I love you and I care about you. It's not the fact that I wanted to give you money. I wasn't necessarily expecting you to pay me back, but I was expecting you to return that love and affection. Yeah. Like, I think that's what what gets lost on a whole lot of people. It's not a about the money it's about the fact that you didn't hold up your end of the bargain Mm -hmm. and that he says that she played a trick by saying that she was unhappy and do you ever think about meeting other people and yeah she was probably unhappy because of him not returning right those favor like him not being empathetic to those situations Mm -hmm. like she was there for him and he was not Mm -hmm. for her because he was like he says, he was constantly having one foot out the door. Right. And he that, never fully committed. He never fully committed. And it's great that he realized that, but he never asked himself why. Mm-hmm. Like, he kind of, like, 
plays around with the idea that it's because he feels like he's always been left, but that's not like when he kind of goes through that whole process of going back with his other, his ex-girlfriends, it's not necessarily the case that, that, that he was constantly being left by these women. Mm -hmm. It was one, when you're in seventh grade, a six hour relationship is like a six month relationship. And it's, you know, it's hard and hurtful and no one knows how to deal with their feelings. And then two, like, the second girlfriend, he broke up with her. Mm-hmm. And then Charlie just doesn't know what the fuck she wants. Mm-hmm. And he was trying to be somebody that he was not. Mm-hmm. Like, he wasn't actually learning the lessons that he needed to learn from these things. At least the movie wasn't showcasing that. And that and that's fine. Like, the movie still works in, in, in its way. It's just, like, I, I guess it's just the product of today mm-hmm. where i want to see you want to see him grow more i want i want to see male characters be held accountable more yes yes and i think that's a that's a, that's a real problem that people do have with this movie they're like rob is shit yeah <laughs> like well yeah yeah <laughs> like if, if he was actually had like instead of having these conversations to the audience he was having these conversations to like a counselor or a therapist or somebody and then like when he's done at the end his counselor's like well let me walk you through like why this didn't work or let Mm -hmm. me give you like some strategy for like what's going on with you because there's definitely some neuroticism here and some fear and and some fear of vulnerability that definitely needs to be addressed before, like, commitment can actually really happen. Yeah. Because otherwise this is going to be fake commitment. Yeah. It's definitely afraid. Yeah. But there's, I think there's something more to it that he isn't fully, because he didn't dig deep enough. Mm-hmm. Because he, he evaluated his ex-girlfriends without evaluating himself. Yeah, I feel like that's the whole thing, too, of, like, even as what he says his job is, he's a professional critic, you know, but he doesn't release any art into the world to be criticized that's the exact same thing mm-hmm. so i feel like in yeah in that in that way he grows a little bit like little the, bit. the seeds are planted yeah that's why i'm like you just see it at the end he's just starting and then what happens after that i don't know it could be another four years which was of probably work. great for for this time i mean definitely in comparison to like what women want mm. this is so much better <laughs> of a reflection of a male character than that but like for now our audiences are definitely wanting more accountability more depth in a way or or it's not necessarily the vulnerability but showing more of like digging deeper to find out what the real problem is because there's so many layers to us as adults mm-hmm. that it, digging on like the surface level and and just pe- like peeling off that first like onion layer as shrek says Mm -hmm. it doesn't it it doesn't come off as genuine or or enough in a sense i think it's a good time capsule piece oh it is it's an interesting dichotomy of themes here i love it (laughs) i love it okay so yeah right here in the movie is where it does that uh why am i doomed to be left analyzation of the the past ex-girlfriends like i said that the movie is is really known for Mm mm-hmm He calls up Allison's mother. Allison married Kevin. So it was fate. They were meant to be together. It has nothing to do with Rob. Yeah. These are all, again, his perspective things. He meets up with Penny. And then she's like, yeah, you dumped me. 
and then I was raped. And he just totally breezes past (laughs) the part where she was raped and was just like, all right, I did dump you. And I didn't do anything wrong. Hey. Uh, At least I didn't rape you. Yep. (laughs) Like, um, uh, bro. Mm hmm. Okay. And then he meets up with Sarah because he's not ready for Charlie yet. And she's just, like, super very desperate, like, neurotic now. And yeah. he's just like, whoa, dodge that bullet. <laughs> Did he, though? Like, I feel like their their relationship, or at least what they showed of their relationship, was actually relatively sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, they, he was willing to be vulnerable with her, which is something you don't see with the other girlfriends. Yeah, that's true. I think it's because he felt more equal to her. Yeah. Definitely felt much more equal playing field so he could get that vulnerability. Yeah. Uh, there's some more stuff in the store. And then there are shoplifters who later become the band that he produces. Laura stops by in the evening as he's closing up the shop. And he confronts her about Ian, asks her if there's still a chance for them to get together. And has she slept with him? He's very fixated on sex. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's how society teaches men about in- intimacy, is sex is intimacy, and you can't have love without sex. Right. And, which is very untrue. Mm-hmm. Great TED Talk on the internet. I'll post it on our Twitter. Um, it's one of the actors from uh, Jane the Virgin on mm-hmm. CW, and he talks about how he realized, like, on this trip with his guy friends that they only talk about like very surface issues they don't ever talk about like the issues that they have with themselves or or um or their feelings or anything like that but his wife goes and can talk to things and he realized that that the way that he interacted with his friends was actually damaging to him Mm -hmm. and that he needed the like those outside friendship bonds to be more intimate and to be able to say yeah bro I'm like not doing good or or this is like something bad that that his wife gets from her girlfriends it's a great tech talk about like the that is what makes a strong person not just a man and you can be a strong man by still being open and, and introspective as well as outwardly physical yeah Yeah, be a a whole complete person, Mm -hmm. please. So, Laura hasn't slept with Ian yet, and this makes Rob feel great. So great that he goes out and sleeps with Marie DeSalle. Yeah, and then is still super concerned about Laura. Yeah. So, I mean, him and Marie have this great time, and they're both kind of grieving together about their exes, and they're getting along because they have a lot of stuff in common. And Marie is the the manic pixie cool being like, yeah, I... I just need to fuck. <laughs> yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Which there isn't. There isn't anything wrong with feeling, like she says, fucked up, but also needing, being horny. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Because sex, sex is not all of the intimacy. Sex is great. Mm-hmm. But sex is the physical side of stuff. You also have to have the emotional bonds in a relationship. In a relationship. Not if you're just like... Not if you're sleeping around. And there's like... Literally nothing is wrong with that. Mm-mm. As long as it's open, consensual, and, and no one's, like, getting hurt. Yeah. There's literally nothing wrong with that. But I, I do like the aspect of bringing in the that thought-provoking aspect of sex isn't everything. Mm-hmm. 
because it's not said a lot Mm -hmm. in movies, especially to men. So then Rob gets obsessed with the word yet. Yep. (laughs) That's a fun one. He meets with Laura again, and then he gets upset because, yeah, she has slept with him now. Yeah. So then he obsessively starts calling Ian's house, and Liz is just like, why do you want Laura back so bad? Rob, what's up? (laughs) Yeah, what are you doing? Uh, So Rob gets a call back from Charlie and invites him to a dinner party. Ian comes to the store. (laughs) This is a great scene. Well, of course, Ian is, of course, saying, like, respect her, which, yeah. Duh. Duh. And then all Rob can do is fantasize about the ways he wants to... Murder? Murder him. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Rob goes to Charlie's dinner party and he realizes that... Charlie is not a great person. No. She's pretentious as fuck. Yes. That's what it is. She's pretentious as fuck. <laughs> and he's just like, Gah. Gah. She's privileged, too. Mm-hmm. Pretentious, privileged bitch. Mm-hmm. Not that I think she's really a bitch. She's just pretentious as fuck. Catherine Zeta-Jones, I don't think, can swear at all. I think that was the worst part of her. She's great in it, but as soon as she has to say the word fuck a million times, I don't think she does it. She, like, laughed at herself every yeah. time. She's like, fuck. Yeah, she can't do it. She can't swear. I don't know what it is. I've always thought that. I don't think she's in a lot of movies that do swear. She's not a strong swearer. She's not a... Str- no. Like, like I'm not good at giving the finger. Like, my... my I just can't. Like, it's not... Like, Ashley's good at it. I'm not good at it. (laughs) So I don't do it, you know? (laughs) Where were we? So again, another thing he feels good about. But no introspectiveness at all. No. I was good. It's not my fault. It was all her. Mm Mm-hmm. So two things happen with his coworkers. Barry finds a band to be in, and Dick has a date with Anna, who likes Green Day. (laughs) Yeah, it was Justine. Yeah. You guys, I like Green Day. A lot. A lot. <laughs> Though, like, you would do well with that that guy. With Dick? Yeah. He's too quiet. But you would like that at home. I don't know. I mean, like, I like his music knowledge. He's like a guy you could sit and read a book with. Yeah. That's, yeah. I don't know. I think he's too quiet. I need, like, sense of humor. Well, you can teach him that. I could teach him. Here are jokes. <laughs> Learn them. Also, he was just cute and precious. He and was precious. Pre- yeah. That he was. He was a precious. Just want to wrap him up and in a blanket and keep him safe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Rob goes home and Laura's there and she's going through his top five dream jobs. He definitely didn't have a serious list. They were, you know... Reporter for Rolling Stone. Through this year. Yeah. And just all different time and space variables. And then the last one was architect, which he didn't even want to be. And she's just like, hey, you know, what about owning a record store? There, number five, dream job. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I'm surprised you're still hanging around me. (laughs) So then she takes the last of her stuff and leaves. Rob does a top five list of things he misses about Laura. This is, I think, my favorite top five list of his because it's so relatable. Mm-hmm. Top five things you love about Sam. <laughs> He's dorky. Aww. He also likes to dance when nobody's looking, Aww. which I, I really do quite love. Mm-hmm. 
he makes dad jokes and puns, which I hate but also love. <laughs> like, it's just one of those things where it's just like, I would really hate it if he would stop doing it. Yeah. But I really do but hate it. But you give him shit for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> his cuddles and his eyes. Oh. And his hair. That's a bonus. <laughs> the bonus. His hair right now is gorgeous. You guys, he's got Hamilton hair right he now. He does. And when he uses conditioner, it beca- he, he like it becomes a white man fro, which I don't know if you've ever like. I don't think you've seen it. No, nah. but it like just poofs out here, and then just the curls like Farrah Fawcett, and I'm yeah. just like, yes, please. Yeah, he he does things we all wish we could do with our hair. We're just yeah. like he just swoops it back, and then it does like the natural wave yeah. to it. And you're yeah. just like, damn it, Sam, <laughs> not fair. <laughs> but it's gorgeous. Yeah. It's a nice color, too. <laughs> oh, and he's taller than me, yeah. which is a plus. <laughs> you know, I've always wanted, like, a dude that could rest their head mm-hmm. on, like, their chin on top of my head. Mm-hmm. And he does that all the time. Aww. So it's it's sweet. Top five things you like about your sloth boyfriend. <laughs> he cuddles. <laughs> <laughs> so the skaters outside the store, Vincent, Justin... They have a tape, and it's good. They make music. And Rob wants to put out their record. And Jack Black is mad that it's good. Yeah. So then um, Laura's dad dies. And so Laura calls up Rob, tells him that her mom wants him at the funeral. So they go to the funeral. There's a couple more of your favorite scenes with... With Joan Cusack. Joan Cusack. MVP. And so Rob apologizes to Laura and leaves. And then this is where he has his little revelation of, I've never committed, always one foot out the door, and uh, never plan the future. Which I don't think you have to plan the future. You just have to, because I don't plan the future. Right. Because I hate planning the future. Because then there's expectations, and then yeah, you fail. Yeah, but you, you, you think about the future. You go, oh, I'd like to have kids, I'd like to have a house. Yeah. Because that kind of stuff is like, that's like basic human fun like human planning mm. like when you're getting married yeah like you you do have to think about those kinds of things but i don't like saying oh i want to have but in five years i want to have a kid you know a really nice car and a house mm-hmm. like in five years i don't ever put like a thing on that might get closer to do that with children because you know there's that whole biological clock thing but <laughs> <laughs> But it is, like, I can say affirmatively right now, I am not ready to add a child to my life. I don't have the money to buy a house, Mm -hmm. and I'm not, I like, I I plan to save money, Mm -hmm. which I do, and then we inevitably, you know, use it. Yeah. (laughs) To, like, go home and shit. But there is that whole aspect of you, you still have to be able to visualize the future like visualize what you want in the future like yeah and especially like if you're with someone visualizing your future together yeah i mean i've had that problem with past boyfriends who did not visualize me in their future (laughs) and that was a problem yeah that's more than just a commitment problem Mm -hmm. that's a that's a lack of empathy Mm -hmm. problem because when you keep yourself so separate from from people and from like your relationship kind of thing you can be in a relationship but still be separate in your relationship just ask my mother and father-in-law mm-hmm. and that causes 
issues. It causes spitefulness. It causes you can keep things separate, but you can't be separate in your thoughts and in your plans. I could say, I'm going to go to the movies right now, and Sam wouldn't give a fuck. But I could say, I'm going to go to Disneyland right now, and I don't want you to come. That would be hurtful. That is hurtful. Are you taking me with you? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> but like that, that's a hurtful thing. Mm-hmm. If I was going with you and like you had invited me and like the time that I did do yeah. it, that wasn't hurtful to him because he's like, I don't want to go with a bunch of, you know, Disney fans. Bunch of girls. But no. With a bunch of, Di- like, he's not a huge, like, Disney person. Oh, God, so it's what's like. What's wrong with him? Well, he grew up in a deaf family. He doesn't understand movies oh, and shit. All right. But there, there's that whole, like, aspect. You can still do things separately, but you also still need to, to, to focus on one another. Like, mm-hmm. their feelings. It's not about managing their feelings. It's about f- understanding and feeling their feelings with and them. Yeah, and just, like, knowing the other person of, like, oh, so-and-so would like this. Yeah. You know? Thinking of them in your day. Like, yeah. if you don't live together, if you don't... You don't see each other often except for like on the weekends or or you're just starting to date, that kind of thing. Still thinking about them and showing them that you think about them. That's important. It's very important. Like I used to, when me and Sam were first dating and I didn't see him quite often um, because he lived in Kansas and I didn't. There was one weekend where I went and stayed like a week in Kansas and he had to work. So I would, like, during lunchtime, I went and I brought him, like, a little apple or a snack or something. And that was just, like, thinking of you, honey, kind of, like, cutesy things. Mm-hmm. And it's not about being romantic or, or being grand gesture It's about the little things. Right. Sure. And it's even just, like, sending a picture of, like, this thing reminded me of you. Yeah. Like, Sam used to draw me Pokemon every day. He yeah. didn't do that anymore. Just, oh, right. I remember he used to draw you Pokemon. Uh-huh. Remember when he would send me the little care packages yeah. with my Pokemon? Yeah. Yeah, Sam. <laughs> he still does cute things. You're married now. You're stuck. I know. <laughs> Remember when he he sent me his his unwashed shirts because I missed how he smelled? Oh, God. <laughs> that happened at your house. <laughs> I was like, listen, Sam, I'm not doing your laundry. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my stank. Oh, uh, okay. Where were we? When he's out in the rain. <laughs> he's like a, tra- he is a water god or something. He's attracted. He is the, he's the the thing from The Shape of Water. <gasps> John Cusack, water god. Laura had left the funeral to yep. drive to find Rob. Yep. She gets him in the car and she says, have sex with me because I want to feel something other than this pain right now. Which, guys, that... That may help, but still feel your grief. Yeah. It's very important. Yeah. And um, she pretty much says, let's get back together. I'm too tired. <laughs> yeah, I'm too tired being apart from you. What is Like, he wore her down? Yep. I don't know. This part I kind of don't understand, or I don't think I, I can explain. I don't understand it. I've never... I, I don't understand. I mean, I get it. It's exhausting breaking up with someone. And being on your own, and especially if you're going through, like, a a grief period where you're just like, everything is fucking hard. Yeah. But it's not a good reason to get back together. It's not a good reason, and it's very fortunate that he learned a lesson and that their relationship got better. Yes. Because a lot of times, that would not be the case. 
like he's just very lucky that she got back together with yes. him. So then she starts making his life better by making a show. And for, not telling him about yeah, it. Yeah, it's like your band that you're putting out a record for, you're going to have a record release party, and you're going to start DJing again because you're awesome. And you should. You should. You should do something. Uh, he's still attracted to ladies, like Caroline from The Reader. He's going to make her a mixtape. Yeah. She talks about the rules. Rob meets Laura for a drink, and he wants to know if she'll marry him. Like, she doesn't. he doesn't ask, will you marry me? He's like, do you think you will marry me? Yeah. <laughs> he talks about the other women, and then they're just fantasies. And he's tired of the fantasy now because it doesn't exist. Well, and it's it's like the nostalgia thing that we've, we've talked a lot about mm-hmm. already on this podcast is, is like, we remember things a certain way because of how they made us feel. Yeah. And if the thing, the new thing doesn't make us feel that same way, yeah. it's, we the, get, it's, ang- it's angering. It's the exact correlation between music and women. Yes. This movie right here. That's yeah. why it makes it so good. <laughs> I love it. Wow, you sounded like Satan. <laughs> I did. I, I am... I am. <laughs> You're Satan? I don't know where I'm going. I'm like, well, yes. For this movie, I am you Satan. <laughs> Say otherwise. I don't Say anything. <laughs> Say dot, dot, dot. <laughs> that should be the parody. Is Say otherwise. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> it's like the porn. <laughs> John Cusack in the rain. <laughs> Stripping. <laughs> This rain has made me very wet. <laughs> Let me put on this boombox <laughs> with some Peter Gabriel. Oh my god. In your, your eyes, <laughs> the light, the heat. In, in your eyes. As he slowly unbuttons. Okay. <laughs> Takes off that long ass jacket. Oh my god, I am. (laughs) Did it get warm in here? It did. Sorry, we turned it up into (laughs) fantasy fiction here, whatever. I I don't have words, my brain broke. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Moving on. Right, so the fantasy women don't exist. She is real. She's there. She is there. She's there. He's the one thing that she's always, he's he's been sure about, so. He's going to stick with the good old classic Laura. <laughs> Tried and true. Tried and true. So then we end with the release party. Uh, Barry's band plays Let's Get It On. Let's Get It On. It's their song. And um, it's awesome. We, we, we get the rules of the mixtape, which I talk about. And then he's making a tape for her with things that she would like. Yep. You know, and that's the symbol that he's going to... Think about her. Think about her and things that she would like. It's a good step. Yes. I believe when I fall in love. Okay. (gasps) Yay! That went places. It went good places. Let's play a game. Let's play a game. I love the dialogue in this movie. It's good dialogue and it's good delivery. Mm -hmm. I don't think we're going to be as good. We're going to do a dramatic reading. Drama. Drama, which I didn't clearly think this through because no. the movie's like all monologue. Yep. <laughs> and we are two people. We are two people. There's just the two of us. Um, we are going to uh 
be Jack Black and John Cusack. Yep. <laughs> okay, buddy. Uh, I was just trying to cheer us up, so go ahead. Put on some old sad bastard music. See if I care. I don't want to hear old sad bastard music, Barry. I just want something I can ignore. Here's the thing. I made the tape special for today. My special Monday morning for you special. Well, it's fucking Monday afternoon. You should have got out of bed earlier. Scene. That wasn't our best. Nah. It's hard to do dudes. Yeah, and... We are not dudes. There wasn't a lot to choose from because Mm -mm. of it's mostly either just him or three characters talking. But, hey, great dialogue. Great dialogue in this movie. Yes. Uh, now we rate? Is that a thing we do on here? We rate movies? (laughs) Do we? I give this movie five mixtapes. That's good. I give this movie four and a half. Chicago L trains. Okay. Hey, we got a review. Review. It's so good from Sad H eighty six. Uh, it's titled "Don't Drive Without Them." Oh. It's five star review on iTunes. Thinking about driving across the desert? Planning on being alone for forty hours in a small car with all your possessions? Don't do it without these ladies. I got so bored of everything else on my playlist and of talking to myself, but these ladies never stopped being great company. They will drop a whole lot of film knowledge on you as well as a firmly inclusive feminist witty analysis, all while making you feel nostalgic in the best ways. Plus, they have the best guests. Thank you, too, for getting me across the country. Aww. I love it That's so, so nice. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Anytime. I want to know what your favorite episode is now. <laughs> yeah, if you listen to us for 40 yeah. hours. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, that, that is was lovely. Amazing. I'm tearing up a little. Yeah. I don't even listen to us that much. I know. I don't either. Mm-hmm. Guys, next next time on the pod, we've got a treat. It's our annual um, something special podcast episode. Dun dun dun! Uh, last year, as you know, okay, it's 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 not the podcast birthday. It's but it's our birthdays IRL. Mm-hmm. IRL, we are getting older because we have a, a birthday mm-hmm. in the first week of February. Yeah, each so of us. This episode comes out the day before my birthday. Yes, and the next episode comes out after Ashley's, Ashley's birthday. birthday. Mm-hmm. So this is our, we, we get old, and we, we like to do something special to celebrate that. Yes. Last year, if you recall, we got drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and watched Tom Hanks. Uh, yeah, we're not doing that this year, even though it was, it was, it was. It was good. It was good. We just, we like to, you know, we're gonna keep it, it fresh. Um, we are watching 2001s. We're in 2001 now. <gasps> 2001. 2001's America's Sweetheart. <laughs> With John Cusack. It's January. January. We are going to live stream. Yep. We don't know how that's going to work, but we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. It might be um, patron only. And then we'll we'll cut down the episode, you know, and put it out. As normal. As normal. So we'll be watching the movie and talking to you at the same time. Yeah. And uh, and wish us a happy birthday. Yes, please. (laughs) Our Patreon that we're talking about is patreon.com slash cutawayspodcast. I do want to shout out our patrons, our loyal patrons who are still hanging in there. Our snippets. Our snippets. Rosanna, Nicole, Serena, Diana, Jaslyn. Jaslyn. There are are others, but... um, There are are faithful. (laughs) These are what we call our friends, our patron friends, who get a shout out. 
Yes. That's a thing. That's a thing. That's a thing. Those are special. Yeah. So if you want to become a patron, like I said, go to patreon.com slash cutaways podcast. Our website is thecutaways.com. And if always, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram as at cutaways podcast. We're always, always there. More. Sometimes we take breaks. Yeah. Because social media is hot. It's hard, yo. We have lives. Um, we appreciate any sort of comments and ratings. And if you could subscribe to us, that would be amazing. And we would instantly pop up in your feed. Mm-hmm. And that would help us out. People will discover us if you leave us a review. Yep. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, or your favorite podcatcher. And we'll read your reviews here, of course. If you want to send us any other comments any other way, that we will also read that as well. Even, uh, especially on, on, on Patreon, too. You can you can leave us a note there. On the website, there's also a way. Yes, you, there's it. a comments section on each episode. Yep. On our website. Talk to us! We're here! Yep. And we want to sing to you! All the time! Let us know what you think of the episode. We're very excited. It? That's it. That's it for us in our blanket fort for today. Oh, it's been so nice. And I lovely. know. I know. I had a lot of fun. Do you did have it, a lot of fun? Yeah. Did I've, it like encapsulate all of your hopes and dreams of m- me watching this movie? Yes. My okay. f- I've had so many feels today. Like, <laughs> ah, I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I'm so excited that we're in January and uh, that yeah. your love of. John Cusack yep. will flourish yep. more. I could not be happier. Yay. And my love of Joan. Yep, because with John, John comes, comes Joan. Joan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Kia ora. I'm Jess, the host of the Kiwi Crimes podcast. Each week, I'll share a missing persons or murder case from New Zealand. I discuss cases that are well known, as well as cases that you might not have heard of. Some cases will be recent and ongoing, while others will be cold. Full-length episodes are released fortnightly, and minisodes are released on the in-between weeks. You can find Kiwi Crimes anywhere you get your podcasts. I hope you'll join me as I explore the cases that rock New Zealand. Kakiteano.